I have seen uh, about your person a marvelous suitcase. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the suitcase. So the suitcase um, represents, and it's a type of, it's a, a specific mm -hmm. type of suitcase that um, represents honoring the past. Mm -hmm. And that each person walks with their toolkit. Mm -hmm. Each person works with their toolkit, which is actually their experiences as well. And and um, you can change that as you move through life also, yeah. while you honor certain things which are really important for you, mm -hmm. you know, really quite symbolic for you to come back to. Yeah. Welcome to season two of Music Helps, a joyful exploration of the myriad ways to support the well-being of you and your loved one with the powerful tool that is music. I am Nina Clark, your host. I'm a musical activist and music practitioner, and I encourage more people to dive into the musical experience and advocate for the infrastructure to sustainably support these activities. So Musical Walkabout is my community interest company that I founded. We provide inclusive music services in person and online to people living with a dementia, caregivers, health and social care staff and people experiencing social isolation. So we have a purpose here at Music Helps which is to promote the use of music for well-being here on this podcast and through our bespoke Music Helps staff training program which we deliver to care sector professionals far and wide. More on that later. So we have a very special guest today who I'm going to introduce shortly. I'm super excited to be joined by Randolph Matthews today and I will tell you all about him. In fact, I will ask him to, to tell us about himself, perhaps. <laughs> um, but before we do, I'm just going to explore a little theme with you, which is this season we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into musical walkabouts practice of music and well-being and we're going to be exploring some of the elements of that company's music help staff training program. So today that element is going to be the idea of the musical toolkit. So this music toolkit is both a concept or it might be something physical. So for me, I treat my music bureau over there like a music toolkit. So I put all of my ideas and my tools into that bureau and it's a place that I can go. It's a resource center. It's a bit of a library as it will, but it's my toolkit. It could also be a notepad that you keep ideas on or suggestions for ways that you can support your well-being with music. Or it might be a WhatsApp group. So there are many ways we can create a music toolkit and during the staff training we co-curate these toolkits with staff and design bespoke things and uh, resources that will help support well-being during the working process and with your participants. So the mindset that we like to adopt when we're creating the music toolkit is one of uh, creative curiosity. So this idea of just exploring our environment with 
playful possibility and the idea that perhaps there are things in our environment that we might not have explored to support our well-being with music yet. You might be a great adopter of radio, but you haven't explored podcasts or YouTube. It might be something as uh, as physical as an instrument. So I've been very fortunate to have been surrounded by musical instruments my whole life, but not everyone is as fortunate as that. So I encourage us to explore instruments with playful curiosity and discover what ways we can interact with them that will support our well-being and and bring us joy, essentially. So that's our theme today, the music toolkit. And I can think of nobody better to discuss that idea with than today's special guest. So Randolph Matthews, welcome. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I've got a list of uh, things I could say. You're a jazz vocalist and uh, a composer, a multidisciplinary artist. I would like you to delve more into that. Um, and an educator. So tell us a bit about yourself and then we're going to get into the idea of the musical toolkit together. Thank you. So my name's Randolph Matthews. I am a British vocalist. I've had 25 years plus of wonderful, wonderful experiences of working within the industry um, and working across genres, I would say, in terms of artistic, my artistic development. Mm. So I grew up listening to um, soul, jazz, reggae music, and then as a result of sort of being around sort of 21 years old, I started to really get involved with, with music and musicians, to be honest. It was like a lifestyle. I just mm. loved that part of being around people and the things that we spoke about and the, the care and the attentiveness and the listening, just this whole th feeling of just these people really listen <laughs> to, really listen to each other. Yeah. And so I went on a journey then of discovery so um, I went on a journey of discovering my, my art form and it's not a linear path. It's not a kind of straight down the line mm -hmm. road. It was like I was doing music, but I was working with other artists. I was working, I ended up falling into teaching in some respect and or facilitating. Yeah. I ended up then um, being curious in terms of how to play with voice even more. And that took me to go into America to, mm. to study voice and movement therapy. Mm -hmm. And I came back after a year and my whole world had turned upside down, you know, in a beautiful way. And I was able to work, but I was still driven by creating, composing, singing, and um, working with, with musicians and and eventually also just working within the the, the, the London territories as a mm -hmm. as a facilitator using these tools that I had picked up, but also having a very strong sense of practice in terms of my practice and yeah. continuing to be the artist first, always being the artist, mm -hmm. but also sharing that artistic exuberance of what you pick up. Yeah. Um, you pick up as you're you're doing it all the time which then went back into schools when I, and I would share with them stuff like that. And, and um, as a musician, you have opportunities that come up on your, your road. I had the opportunity to do a, a, a big tour for like two years with Young Voices, performing in 15, um, 15 um, 
big arenas in this wow. country. Yeah. And with to over, I would say, 100 and 120,000 people also, um, I've been able to go to, I've been able to tour internationally to about 30, 30 plus countries in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, and I feel like I'm just still at the beginning <laughs> of my that. art. So, so yeah, this, that's a little bit. That's a yeah, little bit about Thank me. you. I, also, the uh, the voice movement therapy, I'd like us to get into a little yeah. bit more later yeah, for on. Because sure. it's for such, sure. such a fascinating yeah. tool that I'd like to hear more about. Yeah. Um, I was uh, honoured to get to collaborate with you and and consider you a friend and colleague on a project, um, a, that was pre-pandemic as well, wasn't it? It was pre-pandemic, yeah. The Walter Toll project. Yeah, Walter Toll. Um, tell us a little bit about Walter Toll for a second as well, because I think there's... You, I also, as as artist, I think of you as an educator, and I remember being educated about Walter Toll and how mm. important uh, a figure he was for, um, for our culture. Mm -hmm. So uh, Walter Toll... Um, was a person who grew up in Folkestone, where we are both yeah, based. Yeah. And when I came to Folkestone, I was looking for um, culture. I was looking at what the culture is over mm -hmm. here. I'm looking at the stories of people who had past, present, and actually futuristically are here, mm -hmm. which is I'm part of the future of, of Folkestone in yeah. whatever capacity I can be. And folk, um, yeah, I wanted to hear the stories. I wanted to hear the stories of people who looked like me yeah. as well. And um, Walter Toll was uh, a, a young man. His family grew up here, and then he went to he went to London uh, as an orphan after his mother died. And he he then very very quickly in a very short space of time. Um, before First World War, was uh, scouted to play for Tottenham Hotspurs. And and then, as a result, the world, the First World War started, and then he ended up being um, the first, actually the first black sergeant mm. um, to lead a, a, a regiment yeah. into battle. And so it was an extraordinary journey, a very, very short space of time. I think he died when he was around in his 30s. Mm. He, he died on the battlefield and became a very iconic um, figure 100 years later. Mm. Um, and we had the the um, celebrations for 100 years since the war, isn't it? Yeah. First World War. Yeah. And uh, so he he means something for, for culture. He means mm. something about um, for for those who are understanding you know some of the key values that people need which is you know composure um yeah. discipline um a kind of patience and a piece of heart but determination mm -hmm. as well so i wrote music as a response because that's what i felt like i could do best and that ended up being a tour and it was a i would say walter toll was a anti-racism mm -hmm. um project yeah um, when I look at it from the point of view of social justice, uh, social engagement work. Yeah. So it was an anti-racism project and I was able to take it through the country while telling his story, but through my perspective yeah. as an artist as well. Such a um, 
it was such an honor to be part of that uh, educational experience as well mm. and that uh, that skill set that you're uh, exploring there that you consider Walter Toll to have had of the mm. discipline and composure and the ability to share your skills with others um those are elements i i think of creatively as well mm. that are part of all of our uh, hopefully our toolkits yeah. as we go forward let's delve into the idea of your toolkit what's in your music toolkit and actually in fact how how shall i ask i have seen uh, about your person a marvelous suitcase mm -hmm. so tell us about the suitcase so the suitcase um represents and it's a type of it's a, a specific type of suitcase that um represents honoring the past mm. and that each person walks with their toolkit. If mm. each, each person works with their toolkit, which is actually their experiences as well. And, and um, you can change that as you move through life also, yeah. while you honor certain things, which are really important for you, mm. you know, really quite symbolic for you to come back to. Yeah. My suitcase came out of just like walking into a, a, a charity shop and I came out like with a, a whole new outfit. You know, I was actually thinking, how do I project my work into the world again? Mm. And I saw this suitcase, there was a hat, there was a jacket, there was a shirt and I bought all of them yeah. at the same time in Lewisham and I came out and I was like, huh. this is a new, I've literally just, got a new identity. Extraordinary. And then from there on, it became pictures, it became stories. And I realized that actually I was thinking about my parents coming over with this type of suitcase, a very mm -hmm. specific type of hard case suitcase, yeah. handheld overnight bag. Mm -hmm. And the holding it, just actually really holding this suitcase. And it's got all your stuff in it. It's got whatever you feel is important for you that you take on the journey. And when I started to travel through Europe, that suitcase changed. Mm -hmm. It changed what was inside of it. Yeah. So I was living in London when I bought that suitcase. And as a result of moving, um, moving around uh, Europe, I started to see things which I really loved. Mm. And I took out things that I didn't really like anymore, which yeah. weren't part of the journey. Things like hills mountains mm. in switzerland yeah. i was like i want more of that yeah. things like a roads i want more of that <laughs> things like um you know reminding myself to relax mm. you know just little things to kind of like just relax yeah. even the food that i put in it changed yeah and it became more kind of like you know things which an apple was put in there as opposed to yeah. a snicker bar or something like that <laughs> something with sugar sure it started to become a very clear identity that when I opened it up, um, I could see what was in my world. And one of the biggest things that was was predominantly in that suitcase was my loop sampler. Mm. And the loop sampler had practically been the consistent thread for a lot of my engagement in different ways mm. and composing music, which then became, you know, working with program midi programs but it came started with the loop sampler yeah and audiences and the loop sampler and going into schools with the loop sampler yeah 
and teaching my, you know, playing with my children and putting their voices through the loop sample. <laughs> so for, for any listener who might not be familiar with yeah. the loop sampler, tell us about it. So loop sampler is is a a digital, this is a digital device that allows you to uh, have a playback on your voice. So basically if I made a sound like, uh, it would record it and it would play it back to me in a loop. So it will just keep looping until I press stop. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 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 um. <laughs> and as a result of it looping, as things are made up of meters and tempos and rhythmic cycles, when we listen to music, it's just cycles of, of melody and, and, and percussiveness going around that gets us into that, that music. It gives me an opportunity then to use that as a platform to create a call and response, syncopation mm -hmm. between it. I can create harmony on top of it. I can create other percussive parts. And it allows me to then become the composer, yeah. composing a piece of work. Um, and so that gives me an opportunity also to engage with with people directly. I can take what's in their voice mm. and put it into loop sampler and repeat it back to them as well it's such an uh an absolutely divine piece of technology it is the the loop sampler changed my life actually and changed the music i would say mm -hmm. for the better it's such it's so inclusive and i was lucky enough to have a, a mentor session with you mm. where you kind of took me through the the paces with my own loop station yep. uh, and something that I still continue to find massive joy in. Mm. Um, so that idea of the, the suitcase for yep. you is like a, a container for your identity and your world, yep. which is such a beautiful concept. Um, in terms of concepts that you might keep in that suitcase the voice movement therapy that mm -hmm. you spoke about earlier can you tell us a bit about that so the voice movement therapy work um therapy came um to me it arrived to me one because i was i was working with some artists who came from international territories to england to work um to to basically um study Mm -hmm. And they were having struggles with their voices. Mm. And they were quite surprised that they were having struggles with their voices. They didn't know why. Mm. And I didn't have the tools to take them beyond just doing scales. Because the scales weren't necessarily helping to mm. support them. It was emotional. Mm -hmm. It was psychological. Um, it was the stresses of being in London, a new city, and trying to, one, find a doctor, two, create a bank, a, a bank account, yeah. for example... It was, it was a lot for them. So it was affecting them internally. Mm. And so my wife, um, at that time, my, my girlfriend, who was a big, who's a big reader, for mm. example, she goes, oh, hit, check this book out. I think you'd really like it. And oh. it was called The, the Healing Voice by Paul Newham. Ooh. And I opened up the first page and I remember that there was a couple of lines, but the key line that came was, before there were words, there were feelings. As soon as I saw that line, I was like, yes. <laughs> and then it, 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 it kind of does, uh, shares, he shares, Paul Newham shares his philosophy of voice and movement, the impeccable link between them both as an embodied instrument yeah. that we use, which is embodied by somatic 
and physicalized kind of um, aspects of ourselves, but emotional aspects of who we are mm -hmm. and how we identify with the world. And it, it just got me totally inspired in a broader sense of the picture. And that then led me to, um, led me further and further down the rabbit hole of what this work was and my link, my love for movement, my mm -hmm. love for, my love for voice, but br a broader sense of kind of looking at people's voices without the sort of judgmental aspect of kind of um, stylistically how I'm sure. looking at their voice, but more to do with actually us as human beings and what's mm. actually happening to the voice, which is unique, unique to us as universal human beings on this earth. Mm. Um, and this work, just just to give a, a backdrop, came from Alfred Wolfson. Alfred Wolfson was a medic in the First World War who experienced um, the extremities, the trauma of the sounds of, of bombshells and people dying around him. Mm. And as a result of coming back, he was experiencing PST. Is that right? Yeah. P um, um, PTSD? PTSD, that's yeah, it. Yeah, right. And, but at that time, wasn't aware. He just was trying to deal with it. Mm. Went to doctors. Doctors couldn't help. And then he decided to, as a, I think he was an, he was an actor as well somehow. Mm. He decided to, the voices that you heard in his head, he decided to let them exist as a shadow, a kind of archetype. So he gave them a form, yeah. he gave them a shape, he gave them voice, he gave them the space, mm. it the space to be what it had to be. Yeah. And as a result of it, his, 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 um, his stress and his symptoms uh, disappeared. And then he took that work and started to work Wow. in the concepts of theater mm. and the entertainment industry mm. and lots of lots of artists after that took his work his mm -hmm. his main philosophy which was to work with archetypes and work with all the those different aspects and bring them to life mm. give them a voice is basically yeah. what he was saying as opposed to keeping them internally absolutely allowing you to process exactly. trauma and so that's that work for me felt very, very conducive to the whole aspect of working with people and, you know, hearing their voice, but hearing their voice from where they are and making them aware that you are okay where you are. Yeah. You could just amplify things and just question a little bit more about how we can breathe more into the world, be mm. more into the world yeah. as we truly can. It's like a, a very inclusive and welcoming invitation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's an extraordinary um, sounding therapy. I'm. I would really. Uh, I'll I, actually. I think I'll add a link to those uh, people and the book that you mentioned yes, yes. for our listeners because that sounds yeah, super for sure. fascinating. Um. So those concepts that are in your case, like voice movement therapy, are accompanied then by the skills that you accrue mm -hmm. by doing so. The skill of uh, unconventional communication perhaps mm -hmm. that idea of um allowing people and yourself to access vocalizations that maybe they weren't expecting to yeah and i've seen this in i've seen your work in in progress and and when it's happening it's such a beautiful uh, enlightenment i mm -hmm. feel like there's there's a real sense of lightness mm -hmm. in the room and 
and people inviting people into a playful environment is mm. something that I'm passionate about, as mm. you know. And creating that atmosphere of safety mm-hmm. is so such a, a big part of that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, people need to feel that they can be witnessed mm. at the same time that that there is a collective co-creation taking place at the same time. We are social beings. Mm-hmm. We need to feel that, that our voice counts. Yeah. However, however small that voice may be. Mm. And that every single person's voice um, is an opportunity for us to find ourselves as well within that that space, that kind of spherical space of 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 um, experiences. And yeah, I mean, I've 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 over time, as I am still experiencing it with working with different groups, um, I'm seeing just that the absolute power of memory, the power of Mm. of of taking people to certain voices through sound mm-hmm. through hearing voices and through stories that are are told in that room yeah and through the feeling that actually somebody has heard something and is interpreting that back to me that they've heard because they have used a loop sample like myself and mm-hmm. found a song because they know that I'm 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 from Syria so they've found a song and they've yeah. brought it to the space and it's it makes me feel at home and mm. also makes me feel like there is a symbioticness there's yeah. a re- reciprocity mm. um in that space and that's that for me is the is the beauty of the the voice movement work for me because it allows people to essentially be themselves mm-hmm. and essentially be where they are and essentially be with whatever is yeah is their their biggest concern in that moment Mm -hmm. and to find that sort of playful place Mm -hmm. of rejuvenation um even if it becomes a cathartic experience Mm -hmm. for them but that that healing process is begun and is safe and is and is true to them and is shared and and is shared yeah something so powerful in that and yeah and music, I think, is able to uh, bolster those those spaces oh. in in a way that is almost indescribable. Yeah. Um, and particularly where that pertains to the voice, that vulnerability that's so um, necessary, yeah. but also can be frightening for people of initially. Course. That to use your voice in in unexpected or new ways may expose parts of our experience that we're you know unaware of perhaps mm. and that that's a beautiful and and uh, valid thing to do in a yeah. shared safe space totally i think there's there's definitely been you know if you say to somebody um have you got a voice they say yeah mm. um you can say to them have you do you sing they say no. <laughs> no. no, 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 Hell no. But they don't hear that their voice is singing all the time. Yeah, they're singing their their joys and their pains mm. and their frustrations and and as much as their you know their anxieties and and their their aspiration for life as well is always in the ebb and flow, the tone of their mm. voices and the prosody of how it moves up and down. And mm-hmm. It's singable. It's so so it's singing into life and uh, I, I love that's one of the key things that I really enjoyed from that process is like everybody is singing their song mm. even if they in the 
the sense of kind of like I can't sing might have that. <laughs> sure. But it's getting them closer to understanding but you are singing your song of life. You're already doing And everybody, however small, however big it is, everybody's singing mm. their song of life into this world. And I've seen this beauty, um, you know, definitely, especially of recent, because I've been working in um, a neurological hospital in London. Mm. And we've been doing a project on with voice and music and and voice i would say you know voice yeah. mu music as in playing and yeah. um and dance and it's um it's been an extraordinary journey to see how the ward not just the ward itself in terms of the patients or the participants the patients but also the staff mm. and how the staff find themselves as well and that mm. symbiotic reciprocity then yeah. moves it back into the patients and the patients to the, the staff and and their interests it's um yeah it's very powerful and it can change a clinical setting instantly so so instantly and so profoundly that it is then changed forever yeah i think it's never the same yeah it actually becomes something that the, as we have gone back we've done this for like six weeks gone mm -hmm. into this space and and uh, the staff had, have been going, well, where are you? It's like every two weeks we go in, it's like, oh, yeah. we're, 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 you know, we missed you last week. It's like, uh -huh. Yeah, because we're only coming in. <laughs> and then the, the yeah. other ward mm. catches on. Yeah. At, because some of them have moved between different wards, some mm -hmm. of the, the actual clinical staff. And they're saying, you know, why have you not gone to the other ward? So it's just like you can feel... You can feel where the benefit, the benefit is yeah. um, for everybody to experience. Um, if, if you will, will you come with me on a, an exploration? I would like to delve into a bit more of your musical makeup. So what yeah. you put in your, your music toolkit from, from your experiences throughout life. And we've got a tool to explore that with. Right. So the musical eidoscope has a, this iteration of it anyway, has nine categories, which uh, we've explored in previous episodes, so I won't list them all. But it's just a, a way of inviting people into a musical uh, exploration and, yeah. and a discussion. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you to spin the musical eidoscope, Randolph. Great. And it will land where it may. Great. And then we'll discover some things together. Here we go. Let's do the spin. Do it. <laughs> Oh, nice. It landed on that showbiz. That showbiz. <laughs> so this is one of the more interpretable uh, categories on the musical eidoscope, but it can mean things like uh, theme tunes, soundtracks, songs mm. from the shows, that sort of thing, or it can be whatever you interpret that showbiz to mean. So anything from your, uh, your musical toolkit in the that show business category? Um, so when you say my musical toolkit that I use or just be inspired by... Exactly. Yeah. Things that have inspired you over the your course of your life. Um, I would say that showbiz. Maybe it's, for me, any person, the, the people who I feel kind of cross variety. Mm. So we, I've been having this conversation in terms of 
you know, branding is something that's always consistent, consistently changing for an artist. So sure. you're, it's something that you kind of keep making adjustments with. Yep. And you spoke about the suitcase. That was a sort of branded thing as a result of me being inspired, you yeah. know, to that suitcase. And we, and one of the key things was this word of multidisciplinary, mm. you know. So when I think about artists who are out there who are multidisciplinary, um, there's another word in the kind of showbiz sort of sense of the word, which which I think I'm I'm understanding a little bit more mm-hmm. in a nutshell, which is variety. Yeah. So the variety artist you might you might have had, you know. I remember the triple threat. Exactly, like yeah. you would have, you would have seen people like you know Bruce Forsyth in yeah. the in the past, and I'm just like you know you'd see him as a you'd you'd see him as a um, a uh, uh, a host, yeah, and then all of a sudden Hang you'd on. see him <laughs> sing and he'd do a dance. I was like, oh, damn, oh yeah, of course, yeah. But but in the first hand, he's just using that toolkit that he's yeah. he's got. And then you have the Sammy Davis Juniors. Mm. You have you have a lot of these people, but it's not just the singing and dancing. It can be literally that they 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 in their musical sense they are singers, yeah. they're writers, mm-hmm. and they are composers. Mm. For example, they have an interest in that. They have an interest in the whole conceptual design. The uh, design. Yeah. I was thinking about people like uh, David Burns, mm, absolutely. you know, who, who who for me has that sort of artistic flair of conceptual yeah. design of 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 a concept yeah like and, the yeah, yeah and how the how the music then looks and is presented mm. and yeah so people like david burns sort of came came up quite strongly as a as a as an artist mm. um the david bowies absolutely the, i don't know the sort of the strength of people like Grace Jones, for example, mm. who kind of has a certain kind of God, the a poise. Certain poise about yeah. her. Um, and then there's the artists, the the, the the artists that sort of have come from a particular world of, of showbiz. So for me, Marvin Gaye as an mm. artist, and then Marvin Gaye as the Marvin Gaye as the 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 signed artist to a Motown sound. Also a drummer. And then huh? also what? artistically moving into creating pieces of work which were more amalgamate to his spirit. Mm. So the composing side of what's going on Absolutely. as an album. And his, he, you know, wanting to stretch into those different places. Yeah. Um, of the, activism and yeah, social of justice. Of activism Absolutely. and social justice. But at the same time, being able to be the front man mm. of this, this with all this kind of extraordinary ability of being in front of an audience as well. So, yeah. so there are some, you know, there's. I think it's just the artists that are the most truest mm. to their variety. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely attracted. Yeah. To them, I'm definitely attracted to their their stories. Miles Davis was another example for me as well. Just somebody who stretched into that those yeah. different spaces and had a kind of varietyness mm. to to him in a in a in a you know he loved fashion sure and his capacity for reinvention and reinvention is, as well you know extraordinary you know and tapping into those different mm. those the pulse yeah. you know that's amazing what i love that 
uh, that interpretation of that showbiz as, you know, the concept of variety as well, because there can be such pigeonholing in music mm. so often. And, uh, and I think particularly, you know, the corporate side of music often seems to want to squash into little brackets what is, in fact, uh, an amorphous creative process for, mm. for many artists. And also it's, it's, it's the industry also has shifted into a different gear and there's this whole thing of, of diversification. So how does an artist in this day and age, if I was to think about an artist going out in the world now, mm. I have a totally different sort of like, it's not, it's not an easy task. No, my goodness. There's so many other things which aren't like you could sell music mm -hmm. and you would get you'd get cash for your music. Sure. That's but now not really a you thing don't now. it's your music is a business card. Yeah. And you'll sell other services. For other services. Yeah. And you can have millions of hits, mm. but it means absolutely nothing if none of those hits come to a gig. Yeah. That you do and you mm -hmm. tw only twenty people turn up at the gig. Yeah. And so that that kind of change and shift mm. is a is a means to how do you exist as an artist mm -hmm. and how do you use your toolkit? Yeah. How do you use your toolkit to be to be in the artistic world of kind of 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 variety? Yeah. And so I think for me variety is is something which I'm 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 really sort of expanding upon mm. re-reminding myself that that varietyness is a very is a very powerful part yeah and to activate yeah. to actually activate more of that varietyness but while the trunk of your who sure. you are as an artist is exactly the same yeah but you have that flexibility and that yeah. adaptability and that yeah that uh, curiosity about yeah. exploring other things that's it yeah that's it I love it. Spin again, sir. Yeah. Where will it land? Oh, eras and decades. So this might be just a meaningful era or decade or multiple of those mm -hmm. um, for you as an artist. Um, I think the first thing I would say is the most important era, decade for me is right now. Mm-hmm can't put anything more in terms of how I just feel now I just feel mm -hmm. I feel great about what I can see just around the corner yeah. and I feel like like my best work is is yet to come mm -hmm. um symbolic eras I would say is I mean I've just got images of my childhood yeah just just the the comfort of summer times for example mm. and and playing out in the streets um where we uh, there wasn't technology and you yeah. just you just soaked in the yeah. long summers you know that's <laughs> you make the feeling your own music. and you made your own music and yeah. and actually that was it you made your own music with it i would say that switch to becoming a musician at 21 or deciding to walk across london bridge in the opposite direction to everybody walking the other way mm -hmm. and i still have that picture and kind of looking back and kind of going is this the right thing mm. and then knowing yes this is even i might yeah. not know what's in front but i know it feels right 
allowing the doubt to lead yeah. you to yeah. possibility. Yeah. And Lovely. and that definable, that kind of de- very definable moment. And then and then I would say having children mm. focused my energy in a in a more symbolic directional way as well mm-hmm. was a very very key one and that was in my my I would say sort of like my late my late 20s yeah. that was my late 20s and that was that was very key for me and and still to this day is obviously you know sure. having an effect um and also I would say then there was the tour I think there was the the tour that I did 2013 2012 13 with the young voices to big audiences mm. and the being out of my comfort zone yeah and then as a result of being out of my comfort zone expanding my heart into a totally different space and mm. realizing I'm made for this yeah. stage. <laughs> you know, being on the O2 at the O2 arena. Yeah. And just not seeing rows and rows and rows and rows of people mm. and just knowing I'm made I'm made for this. Yeah. And this is This is your purpose. This is this is my purpose. Amazing. Um but knowing I just got to find my way to present. Yeah. Present it to this reminds me of people. The thousands of people i want to meet they don't have yeah. to necessarily be in one space sure but they but it's a thousands of through people thousands through my journey yeah. because i because of giving mm-hmm. uh giving to the art mm. i love that spin one more time for me sir Let, yeah. let's find a last oh oh it's landed on songs you like this yeah. is one of the the narrower categories mm-hmm. but are there meaningful songs in your musical toolkit? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of going through that musical meaningfulness at this present moment. Just things which have just stuck mm. with me. Um, regardless of the time and the place, or they come at a point to just remind me. So Nature Boy oh, yep. um, is definitely one of those songs that I sung and tried to throw away and it just kept on flying back <laughs> yeah because of the words you know the greatest thing you'll ever learn is to love and be loved in return and it's just like that's a big premise for me you know mm. love is a very very powerful part of my my existence in this world of mm. giving and supporting other people with love but receiving love and yeah and learning that that understanding as well through my own process of kind of it's good it's you can receive it too yeah as well, well as you, you give it hard, to other people and as sure. uh, as artists it's to be able to know what that means it yeah. could be well i need to buy the things which are important for my toolkit yeah because i love love what i'm doing and love where i can go yeah. with this and it's important to reinvest in myself Absolutely. and to know when it's time to rest and time mm. to just lovingly be with the people that you you know all of those little things Mm. so that was a very very key key song and then also then the what's going on album by Mm. uh, marvin Gaye and the song what's going on Mm. um i sung that a thousand a thousand times and it still always made sense to me Mm -hmm. that this was a current 
very current mm. though i wish it wasn't so mm. current but it's still very very current it's just the language might be different but mm -hmm. it's the same the same um the same problem the same wish the same yearning yeah. for togetherness and people to be at one with themselves mm. and recently I don't know, just just another song that by the Soundgarden. Oh, <laughs> um, Black Hole Sun tune. Um, yeah. I absolutely love, awesome. just love that that song. Just just <laughs> just kind of stuck with me when I heard it. I don't know if it was because of the soulfulness of mm. the Soundgardens. The mm -hmm. just I just felt so the soulfulness. Yeah, and it was irrelevant of kind of it as rock music mm. it was just soulfulness they just captured something so oh, there's a vulnerability. that's yeah there's something that i'm I, that I'm, I'm on a bit of a journey of of this amalgamation of my, these mm. past songs and even further back songs that were from the 50s for example and mm. and and just attune into some very very symbolic universal songs that i will re-invite invite mm. into my um my toolkit um as a way to reinterpret and and to bring to the world i love that that's also i would never have expected you to say black hole sun no so that that and that is the my my career in a nutshell is people's unexpected excellent musical choices and how they they shape what yeah. your day will look like but that's the thing, isn't it, Nina? It's like we don't have to know. We just have to feel. Mm. And that will be the knowing. It's like I just <laughs> it just feels good. Yeah. It just feels great. I just I don't need to work it out. I just know it's it's true to me. Yeah. Something about this song. Yeah. When I sing it, I get something extraordinarily. I'm fulfilled yeah. by it in its kind of dark mystery, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, well, on that excellent note, let us wrap up our marvellous conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure. Randolph, Absolute as ever, pleasure. it's a delight to spend time in your company. Are there things that we can point our listeners to so they can check out your work, what's coming up for you, that sort of thing? Um, so the website, www www.randolphmatthews.co.uk and um, I have a, a, a mailing list which I, I do yeah. every month or so. Um, I am at in the course of writing new material mm. and that I'm very, very excited about. It's moving in a new direction Ooh, also as exciting. well. And... Um, so my first release is going to be at the end of September mm -hmm. and that will be on all the sort of digital platforms. Yeah. And I think for now that's, that's it. I mean, if, you know, people can contact me on Instagram, yeah. Randolph J. Matthews, mm -hmm. um, or Facebook, uh, the Randolph Matthews audience page. Mm -hmm. You're a joyful presence on the social media side. Oh, thank I'm a, you. I'm a happy follower and Thank enjoyer you. of your output 
um, or content, as they say. Content. <laughs> well, thank you again, Randolph. Pleasure. It's just always delicious to get to hang and talk music and life and our purpose here. Thank you, Nina. It's oh, been a pleasure to be here. Mate. Um, well, and to our listener, thank you for listening today. Um, if you want to hear more from Music Helps and Musical Walkabout, show your support by liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing if you're feeling very generous to this podcast. Um, to check out more of Musical Walkabout's shenanigans, you can follow us at Musical Walkabout on all of the platforms apart from TikTok so far. <laughs> One day. To get involved with our Music Help staff training or for you know more information on our ethos or to just chat about your needs in your workplace with us, just simply visit the website musicalwalkabout.com and get in touch with us there. We love to hear from you listeners, so why not leave us a comment and let us know how music helps you because that is the subject of future episodes in my opinion I love to get more inspiration from those those people listening and checking out what we're, we're talking about if you want to play it forward please share this podcast with a friend and or music buddy and join us next time to discover more ways that music helps all right we will see you anon and keep the music is for educational purposes only and expresses the individual opinions of Nina Clark and Musical Walkabout and should not be construed as personalised medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your GP for any medical issues you may be experiencing. This entire disclaimer also applies to any and all guests and contributors on the Music Helps podcast.